Hey everyone, welcome to the first inaugural episode of the Cultured Nerd Podcast. This episode will be labeled Episode Zero, A Tale of Two Mandalorians, where the two hosts today will go over what they thought of The Mandalorian as a whole, as well as the Book of Boba Fett and what that really meant for fans thinking that we were going to get a show that was 100% Boba Fett. So stay tuned and here we go. Hey, buddy. Thank you for joining me today. I, I didn't know if you were talking to the audience or if you were talking to me. I didn't know nope, if you were saying to you. hi to all talking the audience buddies. Hi, Taylor. You look wonderful. Good morning. You. you look beautiful. So um, for people new to the channel, uh, obviously, my name is Taylor Murphy. If you're following us just based on knowing what the cultured nerd is, you'll know that I was the founder and EIC for the website. Uh, we started it about eight, nine years ago, give or take. Um, we're now finally venturing into the podcast territory again after doing an initial podcast about eight, nine years ago. And now we're, uh, technology has gotten better. Things have gotten easier. We're going to bring this thing back. Um, my co-host here on the, the other side of me, my, his name is Michael Santel. He is Hi, actually... everybody. I'm waving like an idiot. I've known Taylor for a very, very long very, time. Very long time. A um, very long time. Context-wise, uh, Michael and I are both about 35 you're not quite 35 yet but close I'm enough how- fuck off siri um, <laughs> um michael has uh been my friend for the last 30 plus years um i first met him when we we there was this new neighborhood that was built up in oceanside california uh his family and my family were like the first kind of people that moved into that neighborhood and uh he lived across the street from the park that was the nearest to my house which was like 100 feet away so i walked over to the park met Michael and his family at age like four or five. And um, that's kind of where it went. Uh, we we grew up together and learned how to be nerds together. Oh, so. yeah. I would, I would say that most of my formative nerd experiences were absolutely had with you. Uh, yeah. I grew up, we both grew up in kind of big families. I grew up with all sisters, which means I didn't have a brother. So it was like, oh, great. There's this guy I can hang out. And Taylor's family, he only has brothers, so he never had a sister. So it was very nice. You know what I mean? You could have me over there as the new sister in the house because I was pretty demanding. You were pretty demanding, but your family also did dub me as your wife, which was kind of weird. Oh, it was <laughs> such a good label. It was such a good label. You, 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 you don't understand. My parents didn't have television. So for any... For me to get any of my nerd fixes in the late 90s, early 2000s, I had to go to Taylor's house. I had to go to Taylor's house very early on Saturday mornings. I had to go to Taylor's Um, house very late on Friday so we could watch the Toonami. I mean, I I spent a lot of time in your attic. Yeah, and uh, I I remember that there were some times that I think my mom gave you a key to the house at one point because she got tired of you knocking on the door at 6 in the morning. I did have a key. I would also watch the dogs a lot. So I would also have ins and outs to the house a lot. Yeah. So you had a key. And then I remember one specific Saturday morning, you came over to watch Digimon or something. And I was asleep and you were just sitting on our living room couch and you scared the crap out of my dad because he did not know you were, you didn't know you had a key and didn't know you were in the house. And he like walked down to get something in like the kitchen and you were sitting there on the couch and he's like, oh, whoa. Okay, many, you're here. Many of fathers have been scared by finding me in their living rooms very early <laughs> in the morning. Since then, I usually announce myself. Yeah. That's the only one time. Then some boundaries got put in place. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah. Definitely uh, lots of uh, fun history there. We, uh, we, we grew up in the 90s during the era of um, before anime became uh, widespread and very, uh, very like big on everybody. Anime. Anime felt like this in this secret that nobody knew about. And you'd find other kids and you would be like, what do you have? They'd be like, oh, I have a Ninja Scroll tape. You're like, we got to see Ninja Scroll. It, it, yeah. it, it felt like these amazing discoveries. It, it felt like when, when the Hollywood video came to town, they had a better anime section than Blockbuster. <laughs> and it was like, oh, we got to go to Hollywood video to watch those shows. Yeah, because like we watched everything at Blockbuster. We went through that whole catalog. Let's go to the new store and find out what they have. Oh, Blockbuster and, had terrible anime. They never had good anime. It was it always was so, a joke. So disjointed. I remember like we'd go there and I'm like, okay, they have volume one of six. Yeah. And, and then it would yeah. we get hooked on something and be like, okay, so now how do we find it? But anime you, was You don't. You don't yeah. see it. You have one. I saw the Lum movie once and that's it. I don't know anything more about that franchise. Yeah. And the 
I remember like anime being such a niche at the time. Like we would go to like Suncoast Video and spend like 30 bucks for a VHS tape so that we could see two episodes of the next of the show. And we had and I just want to put this in context for the audience. Taylor would spend all of his money, would watch the thing, and then I borrowed so much stuff from Taylor. Taylor never, was the library of nerd stuff. You never bought anything. I was like the bankroller, and you were just benefiting everything that I bought. Uh, absolutely. I was on your coattails. Like, just like today, Taylor, I'm still on your coattails. So Pretty thanks nice. for having me on the TCN. <laughs> but yeah, so... Um, yeah, and then we we went into gaming pretty hardcore. Um, I remember uh, in middle school when we first started hanging out, you and I each had our PlayStations, and I had Final Fantasy VII, which you loved watching me play, and then you had Mega Man Eight and uh, Iron Man Exo Man War, and you had oh. those two games were your two games, and like we'd go to your house to play those, and then we'd come over to my house to sink in hundreds of hours in the Final Fantasy VII. Taylor played so much. You played so much JRPGs. People ask me all the time if I've played. I have now since played Final Fantasy VII for another thing, but I did not play it then. I, all of those, all of those, all of those like early 2000s. I mean, how many hours did you put into Final Fantasy X? 100, 200. I mean, I I remember you spent days, months on that game. You spent so so much time. And I would just watch him grind all day. Also, this was also... Part of the beauty of our relationship was well was Taylor was always playing games on TV. I always I was big into the GBA, so I was playing Mega Man Battle Network or or Pokemon a Pokemon Fire Red. So I was always able to entertain myself while Taylor was doing other things. No, and so speaking of Final Fantasy X, I have my original strategy guide for that game. I had to bind or clip it back together because it fell apart. Yeah, but I remember we sunk so much time into it. That uh, and later in the game, there was this one like dungeon that did not have this. The strategy guide did not have all the secret little areas. And I remember going through this guide with you, and we actually went through and drew the hidden paths and all the hidden items that were not on that dungeon. In the yeah, guide. I didn't. I didn't mind. I didn't mind. What else were we doing? You know, again, the internet. I feel like the internet came about later in high school. Right. Like our sophomore junior year, I remember like, oh, looking up strat. Like I remember the first game that I like needed help with that I like looked up online was um Onimusha three, where you're where you're Jean, you're Jean Renault and you're going around with your whip. That was the first time I was like, where do I do this thing? But before (laughs) that, it was just the Wild West. If you didn't have the guide, you just had to hope someone knew the answer. And it was it was very much like that. Like I remember in like and that's how like we had these weird births of rumors. Like in the Pokemon franchise, we had like if you if you skip Lieutenant Surge and you go to like all the gyms and you get cut and you, but you don't get cut, you skip cut. And then once you get surf and then you go back and then you, you surf over to the, the truck, you can get Mew from the truck. There's all these, these urban legends that came about because of the lack of internet. So we had all these, like we had people who would just learn things and we would write them down. And we all had like in Grand Theft Auto, we all had that little scratch piece of paper with all the cheat codes written on it that we had to learn ourselves. And it was Grand it was Theft Auto. Grand, we spent so much sandboxing. I don't remember any missions from that Grand Theft Auto. I just no. remember running around, getting sniper rifles, running around, trying to get as many stars as yeah. possible, trying to fly. Yeah, that was, oh, that was yeah. kind of all we ever did. Like, I don't, I don't think we even did the story. Like, we just started the game and just went like, let's see how many stars I can get. Well, that was also not one of our, that was not a game you or me. That was a third friend that was way into that game. Yeah. Right? He brought that, that was, over and we just derailed his game. Hard yeah. Play. That was the end of that. I mean, that was the end of him playing that one. Yeah. Uh, but no, like that. And that's kind of how it was. Like in the 90s and the early 2000s, um, social media, MySpace came about our senior year. And um, we, we didn't really get a lot of stuff. Uh, we didn't get, um, we didn't have, Facebook. Facebook came out when we were already done with with uh, high school. Yeah, um, we had MySpace and LiveJournal, and everyone every, we all communicated via AOL Instant Messenger. Like that was like how it was back then. AIM, um, it's AIM and, and and cell phones text, but texting on a cell phone was not good. It, not it was time, no, no, it was always I, I'm I don't have any of those messages, but I guarantee you, none of my messages. I would just be like can I come over? Or I would say I'm coming over, but it was never anything substantial. Yeah. We didn't have the short phrases. We would write everything in these long 
fully punctuated paragraphs and it was like really hard to read yeah it was I, like at least yeah, tiny was, little screens yeah the point of those were uh writing uh messages writing like little yeah. smiley faces yeah and we learned how to do them like look if you do a, a, a the colon in the little box you can make a <laughs> smiley faces like we figured those out like that was just how it was um ah nerdy nerdness has come a long way in the last 30 30 years <sighs> i mean it's a completely listen what the what are we doing here, Taylor? We will talk more about our past and us being friends another day. We got to talk about the Mandalorian. That's we what do, we're we doing do. here. That's we do, what we're we do. doing here. But that kind of ties into it, all right? So I mean, it, it definitely ties into it because um, you and I we we saw Star Wars the re-releases together in the '90s when they re-released the trilogy in preparation for episode one amazing such so so wonderful i can't describe how exciting seeing those original star wars back on the screen was it was so wonderful and the build-up to the letdown of phantom menace because we didn't know phantom menace was bad probably until it got released and then we watched it a whole bunch and then we were like oh this is not good but we didn't even see it then like we we saw them and we were just naive little twelve-year-olds. who were like, it was wonderful because we yeah. were we were we were sold by the flashiness of it. And mind you, in retrospect, I still watch the prequels and I like a lot of stuff about them. But there's also a lot of stuff that, as an adult, I'm like, okay, okay. But like, I will still fight people tooth and nail that the the fight with Qui Gon and Obi Wan versus Darth Maul probably one of the best choreo- choreography fights in the Star Wars franchise. Like, well, that's a whole. I agree. I'll, I'll agree with you. That's a problem with new Star Wars right now. Yeah. I don't understand. We live in an, it. The 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 uh. We've never had better stuntmans than the ones that are working right now. You know, yeah. we live in a world of on box and the raid and John Wick and the fact that there hasn't been a competent lightsaber battle in a Star Wars movie is a travesty. Is a travesty. Yeah. No, and I think I think even with the the, the sequel trilogy the we had the fight with ray and kylo in the first one which was kind of short but it was kind of fun pretty good then we, pretty good then we, then we had the throne room fight in the second one which was cool to an extent but then people now will look at the thing and be like there's a lot of like like a lot of errors with like yeah like timeline there's missing wep- like weapons that they cgi'd out because it didn't line up like there's some lot of weird errors and then the third one it's garbage. D- Taylor, the answer is garbage. Oh, no, they, they, had, they had one lightsaber fight in that one. They they have the one where the waves are all crashing yeah. around. And Kai, I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. How do, you, how do you picture lightsabers? Do you picture lightsabers as heavy or do you picture them light like katanas? Because they go back and forth with them. The last Star Wars movie, they're very heavy. He's tired. He's, ugh, he's keeps, he can't do it anymore. Uh, I, I don't know. I never thought about lightsabers like that. So um, George Lucas originally talked about how lightsabers were meant to be very heavy. And that's why in the first one, in A New Hope, they had to use both hands and they swung it like they were swinging like 200 pound like steel crowbar. Like they were just, they were very heavy. And then they kind of like loosened that up over time. But they kind of recanonized the idea that lightsabers, effectively the kyber crystal itself, react to the force user. And the stronger in the force they are, the more in tune they are with the force, the lighter the saber can be. The more out of sync they are with the, the kyber crystal, the heavier it is, which is what we saw in the new Mandalorian. I totally hear you. That is all retcon ridiculousness. That is some that is them trying to justify why nobody told you and McGregor for three movies why yeah. why you do it. Listen, I'm okay with that. And I like the idea. I do feel like the force element should be part of that. You yeah. should be able to do more cool things. I feel like everything you just told me is only true about the dark saber. Because at no point did Luke's running around force choking those robots. I mean, I guess this is Mandalorian season two. Force choking robots, pushing robots. That lightsaber didn't weigh nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I, like they said, it's because of how he was in tune with the force. And the dark saber being used by non-force users looked like they were like struggling to use it. But um, one of the greatest things is that, so George Lucas first canonized that. They kind of subtly went into that with Han Solo using the lightsaber to cut open the Tauntaun. Like he, he struggled using it. Yeah. But it was kind of this under, like this underwritten rule. Like this is kind of like, here it is. Let's talk, let's not talk about it. And then like 
he kind of ignored it for the prequels in a sense, but you never saw any non-Jedis use a lightsaber, so it was kind of, that's how it was. But they really brought it front and center with the Star Wars visions. In that one episode about the, uh, the the blacksmith building the lightsabers for the new Jedis and the girl like basically saying like the lightsabers are like the color is chosen by your resonance with the crystal and depending on your level of the force with the crystal it'll harmonize a certain way it'll turn a certain color it'll be a certain length it'll be heavier like they kind of like deep dove right into that which was really fun to see and now we have the Mandalorian where they're using the dark saber and they make a reference to the weight of the lightsaber being affected by the kyber crystal's ability to resonate with the user and yeah they didn't say it as as they didn't say it as good as that they talked about yeah. it being attuned with the force uh we'll make the promise here we will go through all the visions because i will i am excited to wonder you know it's they've been so stingy with these star wars ip for so long the fact that they let some other people add ideas i think there is a couple episodes of visions i wouldn't be surprised if we see full animated shows about i don't think oh, all of them 100 there's three for me that need shows there's i, I what are you what are your three because there's because some of them were some of them i i think were, weren't good the the very first episode for example that's like the ancient Roman one yeah, yeah yeah that should what that was a cool one-off. It's very cool, but Star Wars is so influenced by samurai culture that it, when you then reference it, it just feels like Star Wars. It just feels like, yes, this is what Star Wars is. This is what it should have been the whole time. Yeah. Uh, what are your three? Because the one so, about um, the one about where they're making the crystals absolutely feels 100%. like a yeah, show. That, one, that was a long episode. That one needs to be its own thing, um, 100%. Um, I'm just going to look up the name. So I didn't like, I wasn't a huge fan of Tatooine Rhapsody. That was like the musical one with a. That is to sell, yeah, that is, is to sell bobbleheads at Disneyland. All of those um, figures look like bobbleheads that you'll yeah. buy over in Star Wars land. The, uh, the twins kind of bugged me because that whole lightsaber fight out in space was annoying to me. I was like, I've already, I've already accepted that the Star Wars universe space will transfer its sound and people can, <laughs> like, I was, I was already suspending enough disbelief, but when these two are talking to each other and fighting on the outside of a Star Destroyer with no, like, I was like, sorry, man, this is too anime for me. I um, want Studio Trigger to redo all of Star Wars with those twins. I completely yeah. disagree, but like, Leia's flying around space. Space means nothing in Star Wars anymore. Yeah. So uh, the one that we talked about, the ninth Jedi, that yeah. was the one, that one deserves its own show. Um, uh, the one that I also thought was really cool was The Elder. That one I could see a because that one doesn't fit. That one felt like it could have just been part of current Star Wars canon, and no one would think anything of it. Like a Jedi and his Padawan. Yeah, that's that yeah, yeah, yeah. That one they can continue that one as much as they want. I would love to see more of that. And I would love to see more uh, groups within the Star Wars world that are. See, this is something that comes up in Book of Boba Fett. Other groups use the Force, but they don't call it the Force. Yeah. Right. Like all the stuff with the the sand people, and he goes to the the tree and water. That's very clearly something to do with, of right? Course, and yeah. these energies. Uh, and then you have the, uh, the the witches of Dathomir who manipulate the dark side of the force and turn it into dark magic, but it's still the force. Right. I would love to see more offshoots that have yeah. bastardized the force and see what yeah. they're doing with it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then my last one, uh, Lop and Ocho. The one that I thought from the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to resonate with this one. It's a bunny girl. And then like, I'm watching it. I'm like, I want so much of this. I need this. Bunny, like, girl, that was, one. bunny girl was great. It was, yeah. it was, it, it does. It, this is one of the ones that feels way more anime genre with Star Wars attached. But that mm. one was really good. But see, I would be fine with even more adventures. Some of these I felt like, like the one that's very clearly Astro Boy slash Mega Man. Which one's oh, that one? TBO one Toby. That right. one? Make that make that a side-scrolling platformer game. Let me go yeah, run around with that kid <laughs> doing stuff and talk to the Dr. Light that's dead now. Let me play that game. I actually kind of loved that one. Um, just because it was like he's a droid who somehow gave himself a soul. Yeah. But also the force granted him like the force. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Clearly, they don't follow the rules, but I'm all for this. Like, I enjoyed that one a lot. Listen. 
there's enough magic in these worlds and they try to make everything i'm okay with a little of i'm i'm allowed i would like a little bit more magic in star wars i would yeah. like a little bit everything now has to be like oh no there's many see taylor inside your body when you were born there's many chlorians and there's these levels and some people have more levels Get rid of all that nonsense. Anyone can use the force. This is how you could do it. Some are more attuned to it. And also, you know, I always want the force to be hard work. I, I hate the fact that some people are just like, oh, no, he's amazing. I like the idea that you have to work towards it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And I I mean, that was kind of what they were doing with The Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy was kind of giving everyone the force because apparently that was the big, like, Finn has the force. And that was something that they were, like, getting into but never quite did. That might um, be an episode for another day, and I know yeah. somebody that could talk about it. Can we talk about what that third Ryan Johnson Star Wars was supposed to be? Because Ray was supposed to be a nobody. She was just supposed to be a regular yeah. person. No, so that one was actually supposed to be done from Colin Tevereau from, like, the Jurassic World movie. Um, his whole plan – I so I will fight tooth and nail to say that um, if they would have let J.J. do his trilogy – it would have been fine. We would have got a very different The Last Jedi, but the, the third one, The uh, Rise of Skywalker, probably would have, would have been better because a lot of the stuff that felt cramped in would have been in the second part and it would have worked out. Um, that if, third Star Wars movie feels like it's playing at 1.5 speed. Yeah. Nothing breathes. Nothing feels like it's important. It, they're like, Chewbacca's dead! And then the next scene, they're like, Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's alive. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, you, there's no moment where no you room. where you yeah. spend any time or any emotional resonance with any of that stuff. Yeah, and to me, that's what the sequel trilogy turned into episode 7. Episode 7.5, and then episode 7.6 through episode 9 was the last one. Like, it was just so much was being covered in that last one that it should have been two or three movies on its own. Can we put, I don't know if you, uh, I don't know, because, I mean, we're in a world where, you know, we're coming out with new content now. Can we get someone to remake those three movies? Can we get a different <laughs> version of the Ray events? Because I feel like, I feel sad that Ray is one of my favorite new Jedi, and I feel like she just got nothing. They don't. And sadly, she got interesting when the trilogy ended. And like, yep. When the final moment happened, I'm like, I want to see adventures with that yellow lightsaber. I want to see why, why? Like, yeah, it was it was funny. Someone was like, "Great, now you know." Ray's. I I've heard I've heard it said upon the nerdum that Ray is boring. No, she was written boring. Great, let me go see her adventures now. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, let's go see what she's up to. Yeah, hundred percent. And I don't know. I hope we see more of these characters, even if they get like a Star Wars like Mandalorian style show. Like, I would love to see like Adventures of Ray and Finn. The birth of the yeah. force or something like that. I would love to see that. Like, I, I want that. Well, Taylor, um, that's not what we got. The show that we got was Book of Boba Fett, a.k.a. Mandalorian Season 2.5. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I I was a huge fan of The Mandalorian from the beginning. And you and I, from our history, you know that I loved Boba Fett as a character, even though he had six total minutes of screen time. Uh, and and we they always say that, like, this is this, like, oh, how can this be? No, no, no. Again, those movies were the only Star Wars. We yeah. watched them over and over again. Yeah. The the idea that the original Boba Fett, you got to make up his own backstory. You yeah. got to be him. He was this bounty hunter. We didn't need to know anything more. Yeah. And I know that some people don't like that they've now canonized so much about him. I think that that's fine. I think we're going to get a new Boba Fett very soon. But the fact that we could live in those worlds, uh, he was great. He had everything about him, his aesthetic, it was yeah. so fun. That was also part of the magic of those movies, was that there was so much mystery behind all of these things. Yeah, really. And I think one of the other things was that back back in the 90s, we had the expanded universe front and center. Right. And fans, the reason we loved Boba Fett was because of what we saw in the EU. We like I remember like after they did the the trilogy re-release, their big push for the first really shared multi like Multimedia shared universe was Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, had that book game. is, and that book is great. If you want to yeah. read a banger of us of a Star Wars book, that book feels like a movie. And that video game, the N sixty four, had so many weird games, and that game was so fun. Yeah, and it was so weird because with the with the Shadows of the Empire, we had the book that told one story. Right. We had the game that told one story. We had the comics that told another story, and then like. 
we had like, and they were all like tied into each other. So like the, the book followed Luke and Leia, the game followed Dash Rendar, and then the comic followed Boba Fett. Right. And I loved, I have all the original, the run for that, that comic. Um, Boba Fett really shined. And that's why a lot of people loved him. And so like growing up in the 90s, it wasn't hard to accept that Boba Fett was this awesome character because we had all these awesome stories about him. And then when Disney came in, they wiped it all clean. Uh, I was about to say, uh, you know, as uh, Disney Plus has that behind the Boba Fett thing, that short thing, how lucky that Boba Fett, I mean, they did kind of do this with the Clone Wars, but that he was supposed to be like a super trooper, right? Yeah. They were going to be like, the fact that he wasn't, the fact that he's his own thing, he feels special. And he that does. was, as we now get back to the topic at hand, that's why the Mandalorian felt special. Yeah. Not that... There are other Mandalorians and we see them, but this individual felt important to us. Um, and that was, I mean, I want so much more of it. I mean, I the, 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 the Mandalorian tonally feels so different. You know, the fact that we're getting some more genres in Star Wars, you know, there's always been a Western and a, and a samurai. The fact that they really hit those and bringing in people, Robert Rodriguez at, at this point in the show, I am ready for the for El Mariachi to just show up in Star Wars and be like, oh, I'm Antonio Banderas and I got a fucking guitar. Bring! Like, yeah, just bring him into the show. I'm ready for it. Yeah, that was something that I was fully expecting in that finale was just like him, El Mariachi, walking out with his guitar and start shooting fire at people. Like, I was like, I can see this. Like, that world felt so much in line with Rodriguez's style. Like, it, it, it was laughable how, like, it kind of worked. Well, I mean, if we want to talk about characters, I mean, if we want to talk about, like, future, just start looking at those movies. Does Johnny Depp show up? Does Antonio Banderas show up? Does Selma Hayek show up in, a, in an outfit and takes, she's an alien? Like, I don't know. Do Sharkboy and Lava Girls show up at a certain point? Like, I don't know, but they're all in Robert Rodriguez's Rolodex, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he got Danny Trejo to show up as a Rancor Keeper. So. Right. Give him a give him a machete. Let him go and fight the empire as well. Whatever. Yeah, but no. So like the book of Boba Fett, um, I for one, I enjoyed it. Um, I liked. It, I will admit it was a little disjointed as the show started. The, what? What is it? I also really liked it, but it feels like it didn't know. Is it a mob boss show? Is it a flashback show? Is it? Because what eventually became is, again, the continuing adventures of how the Mandalorian is affecting the things that are on this planet. And it's not one-to-one, mm -hmm. -one, but it definitely feels like these are more set pieces for that next season so we can come back and see all these people. Yeah, it really did feel like an intermediary between between plot lines. Um, so, I mean, we we obviously, with Mandalorian season one and two, we saw the story of Din Djarin. We got the backstory of the Siege of Mandalore, the big purge. We had all this idea that, like, we had all this stuff, like, okay, we have this planet of awesome soldiers, this, like, Spartan-like planet, and then they were wiped out because they were too dangerous, and now they're all in hiding, so they only go out one at a time, cool, cool, and now we have some context to why we all loved Boba Fett. But those are only, but those are only the, the zealots, the, those are yeah. only, like, the religious fanatics. Then there's other people from Mandalore, yeah. take off their helmets, listen, all that shit's nonsense, please come join our, we're trying to get yeah. our planet back, you yeah. know what I mean? It was, it was so interesting, because, like, the first season, you're like, okay, so they're rewriting the rules for Mandalore, and then the second season, they're like, we're not rewriting them, they're zealots. <laughs> and, like, I, I loved how they, they did that, and then with season, with the new season, with Boba Fett, we were like, okay, so what are they going to do? And then we saw we saw the explanation to why Boba Fett was different because a lot right. of people saw him as Boba Fett is the only Boba Fett that we had because of the, the old movies. But when we saw him again in the Mandalorian season two, he was visibly changed. He was older. He was, he was beat up more. Like we, we didn't get to see him grow as a character until this one. So this, to, I think the biggest issue that a lot of people had with the book of Boba Fett was that this was not, Boba Fett that we grew up with. This was a Boba Fett that was now becoming someone else. He was growing. And, right. And all of it, and, and it's 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 funny. It speaks to the nostalgia that Star Wars has for everybody that like, I don't want these people to change. They should live in my mind as my toys. No, yeah. I like that Boba Fett has changed. And I like that he's going to be a different thing. In fact, I think we're going to see Boba Fett without the armor. I think yeah. what, I mean, I don't, we, we, we don't have to cut to the right end right now, but I don't think Boba Fett is going to be that Mandalorian too much longer. 
I think he's going to establish himself and be this sort of uh, Brando Corleone sort of running this city. I think that's where he goes. Maybe, yeah. I think that's possible. I mean, even with the throwaway lines in the finale where he said, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Maybe he will just leave it behind and give it all to someone else. They keep talking about how Timothy Oliphant, they're like, man, uh, you're so much weaker without that armor on you, right? And now Thundercat is going to put a a robot inside of him. So maybe that's what it is. But I think when when you see that first time when Timothy Oliphant in The Mandalorian, he's got his head sort of cocked to the side, and you're like, oh, that's Boba Fett. It's not Boba Fett, but it is Boba Fett. I think we're going to see a skinny... I think they're going to bring back that aesthetic in some way. I don't know how that's going to be, but I, I'm ready to have another Mandalorian armor flying around with our heroes. Yeah, and I think that's it's coming to that. And I think that was what um, we got a lot of in this Mandalorian this Mandalorian season 2.5, a.k.a. The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> Um, for all the things that people didn't like about it, I think it really pushed the story along a lot faster and a lot further than we were expecting. Um, uh, 100%. You know, at the end of season two of Mandalorian, Luke shows up, takes Grogu away. Our hero's a little bit sad about that, but like, you know, we go yeah. back to the status quo. I very clearly know what needs to happen now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what what the order is, but Mandalorian, uh, which has a name, right? He has a name. What is yeah. his name? Din Djarin. Din Djarin. Thank you. Uh, Din Djarin has to go purify himself under the earth. He's got to yeah. go to, he's got to go back. We got to go back to the future to go fix that. Yeah. And now that uh, baby Grogu has chosen to be a foundling and not a Jedi, I also wonder if we see, do you think Grogu puts on a helmet? I, I'm very curious about that, actually. Um, I feel like that's what the dark... They keep talking about how the, the best user of the dark saber was a Mandalorian Jedi. I feel like we're going to get baby Grogu. I mean, I don't think he's going to grow, but I feel like he's eventually going to pick up that saber and just whip it around no problem. Right. Because even in the, in the last couple episodes, Luke said that he wasn't teaching Grogu anything, but he was just helping him remember what he had already been taught. And right, which means he was, which means we haven't even had the scene yet where Master Yoda tells Grogu, like, hey, listen, we're very special. There's not a lot of us. Uh, I don't even know that much about my own upbringing. Uh, you got to make some choices. We haven't even seen any of that stuff yet. Yeah, and we're going to, I'm willing to bet we're going to see a lot more of Grogu's backstory. We're going to see him have like fever dreams and he's going to see like Order 66 or he's going to like, they're going to set some stuff up. I'm 100% banking on that. Do you think we see a scene where Ewan McGregor in the Obi-Wan show shows up in a flashback and there's baby Grogu practicing pushing a ball around? I could see that. I mean, from what we know is that the new Kenobi show is going to be talking, is going to be showing a lot of like him and Anakin backstory, as well as it's going to be showing like current stuff. So we're going to see some flashbacks and I, I would love to see an Easter egg like that, where we just have some random like... Anakin and, and Obi-Wan are walking by the younglings and there's like Grogu in just a mix of the younglings. Like, yeah. I could, I could believe that hundred um, uh, percent. What we liked a lot about the show. Yes. What are, and I haven't talked about this with you. What are some of the things that we didn't like? Because I would say there's not necessarily a pacing issue, but the big, like, Oh, the Pike syndicate was actually the one that killed. Are all the sand people dead? No, no. So they even talked about that. Like the the his tribe is dead. Okay. There's thousands of tribes. Okay. So that's why he couldn't rally the sand peoples because none of them connected to the other tribes. Like they were they're all just little pocket islands, like little little like Native American tribes that don't talk to each other, but they're related, sort of. Like that's just how it was. And so I I don't know, things that I didn't like, um, I think we should have got more backstory with the pikes a little bit to get, kind of cement themselves. I felt like there was a lot of throwaway stuff in the show. Yeah. Um, like the inclusion of the huts was cool. And then it was just, it went away as fast as they came in. Yeah. Why, right. Why didn't we see a scene? Why couldn't the huts, why didn't we see a scene where the huts call the pikes and are like, Hey, did you take care of it? Everything? They're like, not yet, but don't worry. Our investment's going to be like, they try to put this big, overarching conspiracy with all these moving parts and then it didn't play out same thing where like when they betray all of the boba fett clan when 
when uh, not Chewbacca gets beat up and the mod kids all get turned on. It was like, why did we have that big meeting then? Why didn't we have any inclination that this was going to be the case? Yeah. No, and I honestly, I felt like there was a lot of stuff like that where maybe you can chalk it off to being later, trying to be kind of realistic with it. Like you're not seeing the whole picture until it comes up later on. Maybe they're just planting seeds and that's fine. Um, but it felt like there was a, just a lot of seeds planted that went nowhere in this season. So hopefully they revisit them and just don't forget about them. Otherwise, I'm going to be kind of annoyed. Right. And the question is then, do we get in the next Mandalorian season, do we get Bubble Fett 1.5 where we go back and see some of these things? Or will we get to see these things in another Bubble Fett show? My fear is that when they do Bubble Fett again, it's not going to be any of this stuff. It's yeah. going to be a new genre because we're going to go back to that palace and that was something else i'm sad that we never got to see the bubble fett operation going again we never yeah. got to see the band and the women and all you know his palace is a happening place and they come in there and someone's like hey i, I need to do a job i, I feel like it I, we've been all over that bubble fett palace and i still have no idea what it looks like i still don't know where the rooms are i don't know where everything is we had that one shot where the drone went and scanned everything but there's still so much there i would like to see more secrets of the palace I I would like that too. I mean, we we got with the Boba Fett, like we we got a lot of like little pieces, and I feel like we're gonna it's gonna start up if we're gonna get a season two, we're gonna get uh kind of just them thrown into like now it's up and running. We're gonna have the band. I'm really hoping that like Max Rebo survived because that blue little keyboard player. He's he has survived multiple catastrophes. Yeah. He's he wasn't even there, Taylor. He wasn't even there. He was at home. He wasn't even in that yeah. bar. They never showed him. Yeah, like I I feel like I would love it. And maybe it's gonna be it's probably gonna become an online meme if he survived. <laughs> where's where's like, where's Max Rebo? No, there'd be like a because uh, I even put like Max I Rebo is the Shelly Miscavige of this universe. Where's yeah. where's Rebo? What is he doing? Yeah, like I made I even did a meme on the the TCN Instagram account about it, like. Of the, like the couple like sitting there like i wonder what he's thinking about he's thinking about other girls isn't he and he's like the guy's like i really hope max rebo survived <laughs> <laughs> oh. i wonder i wonder if we'll have to see you know was max max rebo survived luke skywalker and the yeah. the, the, the survived, right, is, there a, the right like, is there a scene where max rebo's pulling himself out of the dirt we just see his one hand come out and then he's gonna yeah. like make his way through the desert no and i feel like I, I, like I said, it's going to be a meme. Well, like if he shows up in the first episode, they don't explain it. There's going to be someone who's going to be like, there's going to be a meme where Max is like sitting at his keyboard and his phone rings. There's like a pike, like, don't go to work tomorrow. <laughs> Something like that. We're like, okay, cool. Like he just avoids catastrophe because everyone universally loves him because he's blue and fluffy and he plays a wicked keyboard. He's great. Listen, he's the Billy Preston of the universe and I yeah. love him, but I would like, yeah, what would Max Rebo do? Because I think he's been reincarnated. I think he's a spiritual being that we should know more about. Yeah, like he's Kenny from South Park. He dies and gets reborn into himself right. again and goes right. right back into his old job. Um, uh, do you feel, I've seen a criticism online and I don't know if this is a criticism you believe. Are we spending too much time on Tatooine? Are you ready for other Star Wars planets? Um, I, I feel like we are. Um, I think that is a valid criticism because a lot of Mandalorian seasons one and two were spent on Tatooine. Uh, Star Wars keeps revisiting Tatooine. Um, Book of Boba Fett was like entirely Tatooine. Uh, Obi-Wan is going to be entirely Tatooine. Um, not Actually, not entirely, but like the first episode and like the last episode are going to be Tatooine. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they need to really hammer down why it's important for us to understand it, it's important. Like they, they kind of went into it in this season that Tatooine was a lush, green, beautiful planet that was ravaged by the spice trade. Um, if that's their end game, if their end game is to bring the green back to Tatooine, then they need to need to explicitly say that. Yeah, I also agree with you. Listen, we've already stolen enough from Frank Hubert's Dune at this point that if that's what we're going to do, we need to fully hit that. I agree with you. There's a number of different... That was one of the things I don't know what they were necessarily building at. Same thing with all the different mafia families. Like we spent so much time with all of these different groups, but then nothing kind of panned out. And they were the one that betrayed Boba Fett. They were the yeah. one that took the bribe. So when we go back to them, like, why do I care that they were wronged? Like, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, it's the woman... be very interesting to see because 
Fennec killed them all in the end. So, like, right. in, in the next season, or is Boba going to just own all of the territories? Is he going to be like, I need I need more help, and I need more generals, and he's going to... I don't know. There's so many questions about what they could be doing now just because of how they, they ended it. Oh, so I didn't think about it like that. I think you just answered the question. I think he's... I think the head of the workers' district will be the mod kids, and... Uh, what is what is the the Wookiee gladiator? I always call him not Chewbacca, but that's not his name. What Isn't is like his name? Black Kershawn. Yeah, Kershawn, something like that. Maybe maybe they get all installed and stuff like that. I mean, I don't. I uh, th- some of their motivations. I don't understand why that why Black Kershawn is friends with everybody. Like, yeah. I don't understand what, like, they paid him a better money. Like, okay, and he broke his foot and he's on the team now. But I don't understand. He straight up tried to kill Boba Fett. He straight up tried to kill him inside of that pod of his. Yeah, and I think they got to go into that. Because, I mean, for people who read the comics, the new comics, the new Marvel comics, he was a character that was actually deep-rooted in Boba Fett's, like, history. Like, he, he and Boba Fett have a history. And I may be thinking that when... He lost the fight to Boba and Boba spared his life. Now he's got that Wookiee. Maybe I owe him. Maybe it's a life debt thing. Like Ooh. They, maybe they're going to explain his loyalty as like some Wookiee. Like I owe this guy now because he beat me and, in combat and he spared my life. And uh, uh, one of the things that I like about these shows is that we're sh- they are bringing things that have been un things that aren't part of the world. They're bringing back and being like, no, no, this is canon. That was some stuff I would have loved. I, it makes me sad that we didn't get the flashback of them in the arena. And I get that it's in a comic book, but like your cinematic, I mean, I consider this a cinematic universe at this point. Yeah. What you show in this universe affects people in such a way. I would like to bring in some of these things because you you have these one-off lines where it's like, you know, oh, I haven't seen you since the pits. And it's like, that's fine and dandy, but... Now you're going to make me go to YouTube and watch some other wonderful nerd channel that's going to explain the pits to me. And it's like, why not bring me along on that adventure? There was yeah, a number of things like that that I wish they would have done. And I think, to me, that was my biggest criticism of this series, was that they didn't show more. And maybe it was maybe it was COVID, maybe it was production issues that they had. But I felt like they should have shown us some backstory for him in Little Pits. Uh, we should have seen... We should have seen... And I will fight tooth and nail to this. We should have seen the young Boba Fett versus Cad Bane duel so that we could understand the context of the why that significant fight was a hundred percent. Because Cad, listen, I have I, I we have to show our nerd biases here. I have not watched the Clone Wars, I have not watched Rebels, I'm a little bit behind on all of those things. So when Cad Bane showed up, I was like, oh great, a, a, a blue Clint Eastwood alien showed up. That's cool. I don't know anything about him. Yeah. So again, it was supposed to be, why not, why not show him? Why not in, we spent four, epi- like three and a half episodes in Bobo Fett's brain. Why not have the episode where Cad Bane shoots him in the head and we yeah. see him laying on the ground and Cad Bane's like, you're lucky. What's his voice? You're lucky I didn't do it. This Like, I didn't kill you this time, Bobo. Like, why didn't we see those moments again? We saw him in the desert learning how to use sand people force and getting good with a stick. Yeah, I honestly, I felt like they really should have gone maybe full lost with it and like give us more flashbacks, more relevant flashbacks. Because, I mean, yeah, they showed us for the first three or four episodes, they showed us the flashbacks that showed why he wasn't the same Boba Fett. We saw him, we understood why he became tribal, why he he changed, like, no longer I'm a bounty hunter. We saw that. But then we should have seen flashbacks explaining why his past is haunting him. Like, yes, we 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 talked about Bubble Fett being this terrible bounty hunter who's done terrible things. Why I would have loved to have seen a scene where Bobo Fett goes and bombs a school. He uh, not a school. Bobo Fett goes to a church. There's like a there's like a renegade priest or something, right? I want to see Bobo Fett go in that church and slaughter everybody, right? And then right. Kind of like the Mandalorian, you know, I can take you out of here. I can take you out of here cold or I can take you out of here alive or take you out cold. We keep talking about Boba Fett and that he feels guilty for these things. The only thing I saw him feel guilty about is that is he picked up his dad's dead head in a helmet, right? Like there's, there's all this other stuff. And then to the cartoons and stuff, there's all of those backstories. 
why not cast a new young Boba Fett and have him have these conversations as a teenager? No, I mean, honestly, they could still use him. Uh, I think Jake, Jake Logan, I think is his name. He wants back in so badly. He is yeah. chomping at the bit to get in there. Yeah, let him back in. Let him play teenage Boba Fett and some backstory stuff. I would have loved to see a cameo of him doing the duel with Cad Bane. I would have yeah. I would love to see almost like they were adapting Star Wars 1313, that, like, that game that failed. Like, I want to see him in a makeshift suit being like, I have my dad's helmet, but now I need to go find my dad's armor. And like I want to see, I want to see more of that backstory. Yeah. Um, and like prediction wise, because um, he uh, Morrison has said flat out what he wants with a second season is he wants a another run in with Mace Windu, and I think hundred percent they could make that happen. I yeah. think Mace Windu survived, and I feel like Mace Windu could have been the one who saved Grogu, and that would yeah. be a great way to tie it all together. Was he he survives the fall. He's running back to the temple, sees everyone dying. He's limping off with his one arm, and you see him run it and grab Grogu and go into hiding. Like that would be the best way to explain he survived, and here's how Grogu survived. Yeah. And then have like that moment, and maybe to show Boba Fett being a better, better character, is he has that final duel with Mace Windu and he chooses to spare him or something. Right. We spent the whole season talking about how Boba Fett's getting a better person. He's Stabbed Cad Bane to yeah. death. Who he was like, nope, screw you. Yeah, right to the sternum. Like, but unfortunately, no one dies in Star Wars anymore. You just put robots inside of their bodies, yeah, and then they come back to life. That way. Yeah, but I, I honestly, I, I really liked the book of Boba Fett because it allowed this character to grow. I loved it that, um, and for all the the faults that the show had, I really enjoyed. Um, obviously, the Rancor scene I thought was amazing. Uh, they were there was definitely vibes of Godzilla, right? When we first yeah. see the hands and you hear the bump, bump, bump. Yeah, I yeah. was like, oh, like when it happened. So to me, the finale was it was beautifully predictable, right? Like the way I see yes. it, yes. everything that happened was something that we could we knew was coming, but it wasn't like, oh, it's going to happen this way. Boo! Like no one was upset that they were happening that way. We were like, it's is it going to happen this way? Yes, it was like the ultimate fan service delivery of like what we wanted to have happen it happened that way agreed there was some wonderful fan service moments um watching the mandalorian and boba fett go back to back and take on all of those dudes right yeah. right they go outside great why didn't we see that sooner yeah. fabulous then, like them flying around i just like imagine robert rodriguez is like sitting there and like just has like here's my boba fett here's my mandalorian <laughs> yeah yeah and he's just like like that's what I imagined was the, the him describing to the VFX team. He's like, I want them to fly up. Like, I want. I don't know, I uh, for those of you who are only listening audio right now, Taylor has two transformers in his hands, and he is yeah. showing what he would like the Mandalorian to do He's with like, the figures. I have them. I have them come up into screen, <laughs> and I have them fly one way and shoot and shoot and then zip zap and like I I would love because we knew that he did that. Like we knew that that's how he he pitched his Boba Fett scene for Mandalorian season two was that he literally was in his backyard with his kid, dressed his kid up in like tinfoil and cardboard and said, you're, you're, you're a stormtrooper," And then like had like action figures standing in an explosion. Like he, he previs that whole fight with figures. Uh, this, uh, this season of Boba Fett does a lot of things where we bring back ideas from a lot of the, uh, prequel trilogies. Uh, I yeah. love the fact that big shield car droids have showed up oh. again. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so like in the, the, the Star Wars EU, those things were supposed to be like planet killers. Yeah. And I, I remember watching it. I'm like, wow, these things are a lot weaker than they were described in the comics. And then I'm like, but also this is like, they were probably bought on the black market by people who don't know how to maintain them. And it's also been 30 plus years. Okay. I can, I like, I can buy it. Like um, I was, I don't know. For all the gripes and complaints that people had, like, oh, why didn't the, the gang, like, help out more when the Rancor was attacking? I'm like, I don't know about you, but if I was, like, in a big gunfight and a Rancor shows up, I would just be like, shit. And I would, like, right. drop my gun and just watch it happen. The Rancor kills a guy who's hiding behind a pillar, and he just rips the pillar apart and kills yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I don't know. I, I watch it, and I'm just like, I don't see – I see why people are complaining. But I also I can justify all the complaints by like, this is what a random this is what a normal human would do if they saw that happen. Like, right. Okay. Like I would be just be like, okay, yeah. So that just happened. So am I gonna shoot something or should I just wait it out? Like. Right. 
And also, they all have tiny little blaster pistols. They even make fun of the little blaster pistols yeah, at one point. Like, like these can't do, do nothing. Like, with that, here's a rifle. Yeah, Bring yeah. A, get a better gun. Like, yeah. we're farmers and we have better guns than you. Like, we're just like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I liked it for what it was. I really hope that we get a second season because I want to see, I want to see the evolution. Because I know that in the Mandalorian season three, we're going to get like actual, um, we're going to get more like backstory for Grogu. We're going to get some more like backstory for the Mandalore, like the planet. Like we're going to see. We're, 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 we're building up to retaking of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. correct? That is the, the, the religious zealots and the, and the, and the princess, they're all going to get together and go, listen, we all wear the same, we all wear the same T helmets. We should all be on the same team. Yeah. So either either there's going to be a Mandalorian civil war, or Din Djarin is going to unite the factions and just bring them all back and say, "I don't care if you're one of the the religious zealots, or I don't care if you're one of the old blood. We are one people. Let's take back our planet." And like, see, that's what I feel like. This is all building towards. This is building towards that retaking because all of the characters that we have talked about have all of these, all of their stories tie into all of the other Mandalorian stories that happen in all of the uh, animated shows. Yeah. And I think, and I feel like that's where it's going to go. I mean, we have the other spinoffs. I mean, we have Ahsoka coming out and we know that like Ahsoka is going to have some, some tie-ins because Sabine Wren from Rebels, another Mandalorian character who was the previous wielder of the Darksaber before she gifted it to uh, Bo-Katan. Uh, she's a main character in the, the show. So we're going to see some more Mandalorian stuff in Ahsoka. And was it Obi-Wan Kenobi smitten with the old head of Mandalore? Wasn't yeah. he in love with her, right? So yeah, like, yeah. that's going to uh, show up at some point. Yeah, Obi-Wan totally didn't have a love child with the Queen of Mandalore. Um, right. Like, I was watching that show the other day with my son, and I'm like, wow, they made that kid really look like the Obi-Wan. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, did Obi-Wan make a baby? Are we just yeah. like, is, is there like some force sensitive Mandalorian that's somewhere on the planet? Like, cause I, I feel don't like think, that's... Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like Obi-Wan broke his vows. I feel like he's the good Jedi, but who no, no. knows? Uh, but I also feel like Obi-Wan could have been the person who didn't break his vows, but he followed them to the point where he's like, I can do this as long as I don't commit. Like, well, and also, uh, you know, it's kind of like what we... Anakin was doing, but not as, as emotional as Anakin was. Like he allowed himself to feel but then he able to put himself back into the proper Jedi mindset because that's how well, and I was. and I also feel like we live in a world now where, you know, based on the last movies, Luke said, "Hey, the Jedi messed up. They 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 got way into themselves. They forgot it. You know, they weren't they 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 let hubris become their enemy. So I wonder if we'll get to a point where you know you're not supposed to have those worldly possessions, right? You're not supposed to do that thing, but like." Who are these Jedi that are holding on to it? There's five Jedi in the universe and they're still holding on to this doctrine that doesn't exist anymore. Maybe that's what all of these stories combine into of like, oh, the old ways aren't good enough. We need to be something better. Yeah, I feel like that's where it's going. And um, with like with Ahsoka, with Obi-Wan, with um, even the the new Star Wars, uh, the Acolyte show, like about the dark side, the Sith and all that stuff, the prequel stuff. I'm very much thinking that they're going to kind of bring that idea into the notion. Like, let's build something new. And then now that we've seen the sequel trilogy and this these projects are going to bridge that gap, then they'll, in like 10 years, when all this gap has been filled, they're going to show us like a proper, like, here's what happens after episode nine. Here is- yeah, and, I'm, and I want this more than anything else. I love Star Wars, but I'm so tired of the fact that we are still, cons- I feel like, you know, George Luke and Disney have drawn all these lines and we're just coloring in between the lines. Yep. And I am ready to get outside of all of that. I am ready for a new alien species to be in. You know, it's a galaxy far, far away and we're still seeing the same aliens since we saw in 1977. Yeah. I am ready for new things to enter this world. Yeah, and, and that's kind of how I felt. Like, even with the prequel trilogy, I felt like when George Lucas started to venture into the weird stuff, I was really excited. Yeah. Like, I remember when we saw episode three in theaters for the first time, when uh when obi-wan flies that planet with uh with the one that was being inhabited by uh uh general grievous those weird aliens with like the ruffles and like the white faces i was like i remember leaning over to him like these look like star trek aliens this doesn't fit in star wars and i was like i like this a lot yeah and i want more of that more of that fresh like this is different okay right. um 
and we kind of got some of that with some of these newer newer uh, characters being added in where like okay these are species that we know but like Cad Bane, for instance, we that, that species has been around for a while, and I loved his inclusion in the cartoons. Then bringing him into live action was just amazing, and I want I want more of that. Right now, bring me some other Cad Bane's. I don't even know what alien he is, but what other blue gray alien he is? Great, there's got to be more of them. There's got to yeah. be a bar somewhere where they all sit around. Because honestly, that's actually where those aliens first showed up in the cantina scene in A New Hope. There was two of them hanging out in the bar. Great. Who are those guys? What are they up to? What are their names? I'm sure they have yeah. toys somewhere that I'm sure they have names. A hundred percent probably do. I, I don't know them, but they're, they're there. They're out there somewhere. But uh, what, what do they do with the next Boba Fett season? Like, obviously he's going to fix more things on, there'll be more problems that pop up on Tatooine, but eventually he's going to have to be brought into the fight on Mandalore. Is that where the army comes from? It's just these, Tatooinean rebels that come and fight with Mandalore and figure out how to get the planet back? Well, so I feel like um, it's probably going to lead to something so, sort of like that. I feel like what's going to end up happening is Boba is going to end up leaving and basically saying, like, kind of like his last his last line of the show, maybe this isn't for me. Like, maybe it isn't. Maybe he's going to give Tatooine to Fennec and he's going to join Din and, like, basically prove that he is a Mandalorian. Because that was the big argument in season two was that, yeah, that he's, he's they, a clone. Yeah, his, that he's not. That he's not. And he's like, but my father was a foundling. He was brought in by a, a real Mandalorian. He was branded a Mandalorian and my father made me a Mandalorian. Like, he needs to still prove his worth to be able to be a Mandalorian. He wears the armor. He has the training. But I feel like he's, he. I could see, I honestly, controversial opinion. I could see Boba Fett dying, helping Din take Mandalore back. And being immortalized as a true Mandalorian in his death. Yeah, I'm going to let everybody know they're going to kill off old man Boba Fett so that we can have, I mean, I wonder if we even call the new character Boba Fett. Whatever that armor, that armor is the thing that we are nostalgic for, that is going to go to somebody else. And I don't know I, who that person is here. I could see them do something like that where they he passes it on to someone else or maybe Boba has a kid somewhere. And the, it's like the house of Fett kind of a thing where like, here's the new Fett. He's got his father's armor. It's going to be blue and red now or something. Like, he's going to change it a little bit, but it's going to maintain that, like, integrity. Um, but, I mean, because Django's was silver and blue, Bobo's is red and green. There's going to be some new new color scheme that goes. Well, it's got to be red, white, and blue. We got Freedom Town. America's bringing <laughs> justice <Yeah>. to space. <laughs> Seriously, Cobb Banth is going to take it. He's like, helmet's white. Red visor, yeah. blue chest plate. Star. It's like, oh like, yeah, Cap listen, you already talked about civil war. Let's get just get Captain America in there yeah. and make this thing hit home. Yeah, exactly. Like, but no, I, I honestly feel like that's what's probably gonna end up happening is that they're gonna the, the end game story is gonna be them taking back Mandalore. Boba's probably gonna die, be canonized a real Mandalorian in his death, and um he's gonna pass the torch to someone else. Yeah, and I feel like we are in the midst of seeing those torch being passes. I feel like they're trying to justify these emotional beats so that when they we do lose these characters, we don't feel like you just killed everybody off and you know for the new for the new season of toys. But I would like I would like to explore some of those things. And you know, funny, all of these conversations about Mandalore, I would like to see more, I'd like to go to that world. I'd like to see what things were like beforehand. Yeah. And I would have liked to action. have not in animation, because we saw a bunch of it in the Clone Wars. But yep. I want to see live action. Yeah, agreed. And I think they need to do it. And they've been able to do so much in camera on those new green screens. Great. We got to see more of that stuff. And listen, Disney, I know why we're not. I know why we're on Tatooine. You built these sets. You're going to get as much life out of these sets as possible. Totally fine. Let's start building some other space sets, okay, boys? Let's yeah. let's let's start doing something else. Let's let's start getting it going because I'm ready for some new places. Yeah, and I think I 100% agree. I think as they're getting as they keep going, I mean, we saw a lot more of that in the Mandalorian season two. Um, we saw that they, when they started with season one, it was a couple little areas. We got one green planet, and then went back to the desert stuff. Mandalorian season two was like, okay, here's a volcano planet. Here's a green area. Here's this. Like they they did explore it a little bit more. I see them 100% adding more to the mix as they keep going. I, you know, it's so funny. Is the Book of Boba Fett now? We're so in, we're so in the world of those characters that we've kind of gone away from the remnants of the Empire. Do you think the Empire, Taylor? Do you think the Empire strikes back 
back again? Do you think that there? Do you think that we'll see another individual come up and show up in some uh, stormtrooper armor? I would like to see. Um, I would honestly like to see the dawn of the first order. I would like to see the remnants um, start stop being the remnants and start becoming the first order. I want to see that as a plot line that starts later on. Maybe in Ahsoka. Maybe we'll get some of that starting because we know that in Ahsoka we have Ahsoka and uh, and uh, just blew, forgot her name. That's okay. Um, That's okay. That the, the other one, the Mandalorian girl. Yeah. Uh, we know that they're going. They're searching for Ezra Bridger, the Jedi who shot himself into deep space with Je Grand Admiral Thrawn. So I feel like when they find that, when they find Ezra and they find Thrawn, Thrawn is going to come back and be inaugural to creating the First Order. I see that being a major plotline. Uh, I feel like we haven't had enough of the. Uh, we brought up passing the torch. When do you think we get the new? had one because we thought it was going to be Grogu and Grogu is not going to be, we're not going to follow that person. And it also can't be Ben Cano. It can't be Kylo yeah. Ren because in, you, in think, canon, you, you think, you think we're going to get a young Kylo in Canon. Luke's first student was Ben. So mm. I feel like if we see Luke again, we'll see Luke with a little 10 year old kid with black hair. See, but like, I think we need to have the next. I need to know because Ray is gone. I want to know who the next person that's going to hold Luke's Excalibur lightsaber again, and who is that person that we get to follow into all those adventures? I don't think yeah. they know yet, but I'm excited for that person to be introduced. Yeah, I'm. I'm very curious. Um, I mean, because I mean, yeah, Ray buried Luke's and Leia's sabers in the middle of the desert, but it doesn't mean like. Those, those lightsabers are fine. They're sitting in the ground. Yeah. Someone's going to go dig them up. Find them. She used the force <laughs> to drop them 10 feet. Someone's going to find them. Yeah, they're not that. They're in the desert planet. They're fine. The Jawas can fix it. They can fix anything. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm very curious to see what what they go next. Um, I want more. And um, I like bottom line for me, I thought the Book of Boba Fett was a fantastic series. I feel like it 100% would have been received better if they would have said The Mandalorian the book of Boba Fett. Like if people knew that it was a proper spinoff and not just its own thing, they probably would have been more receptive to the divergent storylines where we saw a beautifully deep fake Luke Skywalker and a whole episode devoted to the Mandalorian. Like we would have been more receptive if we knew it was just a continuation of that story. Uh, I agreed. I, I feel like they tried to label this as a thing and it's like, right, you called it the book of Boba Fett. Great. Just put it all under the Mandalorian. Right. There's lots of books. Here's the book of Ahsoka. Here's the book of, right? Like we, all of those different things. Uh, yeah. I was, I, uh, our biases shows, I can't, I, the things that I like about it is that they're making choices in Star Wars again. And so much of those prequel movies, it doesn't feel, or let me rephrase that. So much of the the Ray trilogy doesn't feel like they're making choices. They're playing it very safe. They're giving us uh, many whiffs of nostalgia. Like, oh, it's just like this thing. It's just like this thing. Book of Boba Fett is doing new things. And I would like them to do more new things. We live in a time with so many creative people that are not being given a chance in Hollywood. I would love to bring in some new blood into these places and see what we can do with these characters. And that makes me hopeful for more. And to your point, I don't think we see a book of, I don't think we see the book of Boba Fett season two. I think we see the book of revolutions featuring Boba Fett, or we'll yeah. see something else where they're going to, the book, uh, book of Boba Fett season two is the Mandalorian Wars or the fall yeah. of Boba or Fett. You know what the, I mean? It's going to be something like that. Yeah. Or something like, that. like it's going to bring, like they're going to uh, culminate it kind of like the Netflix Marvel shows. Like we have the defenders, was the culmination of those shows. Like, we're going to get something like that. We're going to get a Defender-style crossover with everything. Oh, 100%. And we already are starting to see those things. So are the other ones going to be Obi-Wan? Is that, is, do you think, I mean, Obi-Wan has to die. I mean, how much can we tell with Obi-Wan? We have a very small window of time to do yeah. stuff with Obi-Wan. We're going to see Obi-Wan fight some Inquisitors. We're going to see Obi-Wan and, and Vader fight. And it's going to be, like they said, it's a limited series because it's meant to bridge the trilogies. Uh, it's no, it's a limited series because they cannot afford you and McGregor for a TV show past whatever the amount yeah. of money that they booked this for. Yeah, they're like, we gave him, we we offered him a movie, we're contracted him for a movie, we're giving him a longer movie, and then we're gonna basically say, there yeah. you go, good night, expensive, cool. You've all been you've all been hammering for it. Here it is. Thank you. You and McGregor can go to sleep now. Yeah, but um, so I mean, closing thoughts. Anything else you want to say about uh, the book of Boba Fett? <laughs> 
I love this Western sci-fi. They're playing with all these genres. Great. Um, one of the things that made Into the Spider-Verse so fun is when we got all these different genre Spider-Mans, I think Star Wars as a template can take all of these different things on. And I would love to see them play with more of these uh, characters and backstories and tone. We have so many characters we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of. Uh, what is the name of Bubble Fett's right-hand lady? Fennec. Great. I would like a full season of Fennec. She seems pretty fucking badass. I would love to spend more time with her. I agree. And so, I mean, my closing thoughts, I I loved the book of Boba Fett. Um, at the end of the day, um, Star Wars is science fiction, sure, but it's it's a fantasy show. It's a show that has always been more about the the culmination of different ideas and different vibes and different and all that. And that's what we, we got. We got we got the mods, which was like super sci-fi. We got the whole vision quest with the tree, which is very force-filled fantasy. And we got Boba Fett growing as a character. And it's so funny that you said it's fantasy. Think of all the Game of Thrones stuff that we had in this season of mob bosses having conversations behind closed doors. Yeah. And, I mean, the Pike was basically not Littlefinger, but I mean, there is definitely those vibes yeah. of... I, I was so sad that we blew up What's her name at the bar? The pretty lady who ran the bar? Oh, the guy, from, the lady from Flashdance. Yes. Yeah. We spent so much time with her. I was like, oh, okay, finally we're going to get a scene with her. Nope. They did nothing with her. It was like, why not utilize these people more? Yeah. But no, I, like I said, if we get more with Boba Fett, I want to see more backstory of him being a young bounty hunter and showing why he needs to change his ways. Um, I'm 100% believing that he's going to uh, join He's going to leave the, the mob boss business and join Din in his quest to retake Mandalore. Ooh, um, does he leave? Does he leave it to? Does he leave the trade to her? Does she become the new Lady Deathstrike of the planet? Is she the one I, that I can see that hundred percent? I see. I or, see her taking over. It could just be. It could just be justified. It could be the guy from Deadwood. You know what I mean? Hey, bro, I need you to keep. Guess what? Tatooine is now Freedom Planet, Taylor. It's yeah. a Freedom Planet. Tatooine has been redubbed Freetown. <laughs> Listen, it's a Freetown. See, we need people to defend the planet. So we're going to call them Planet Tears. And we'll have a number of Planet Tears with special abilities that have to rally their forces together to protect the ecosystem. Tatooine yeah. Yep. Yeah. But no, um, thank you again for this. I hope everyone enjoyed our show. Um, we're going to have more episodes. We can talk about a variety of different topics. Please let us know. Reach out to us. What would you like to see us talk about yeah. here on The Cultured Nerd? We have ideas, but we'd love to know what you would like to hear more out of us from. Yeah, and we've got plenty of time before our first official episode. Episode zero is our our little gift to all y'all, so you'll know what's coming. Um, Do we get to have, have a, you have a, you have a, a Gundams behind you. Do we get to have an episode double, triple zero? Do we get to do another one of these before the actual launch? I mean, we can, we can, we can just do <laughs> random episodes of like, hey, let's talk about nerd stuff that we love before we get structured. I was going to say, right. what if every episode's like episode zero one? What if we never get to the structure? What if we're always right. just double O's? Double zero point one. Yeah, Gundam. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, we'll figure something out. But, um, Again, uh, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, you can hit us up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Nerd. You can always go to our website for uh, www.theculturenerd.org to check out all of our updated news. Um, again, my name is uh, Taylor Murphy and my co-host, Michael Santel. We thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. We'll see you all next time. Stay classy, internet.